Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. I know nobody has ever had to work with their father before on a ranch. Um, one day, my dad, he came in and he was like, hey, I need you to go do me a favor. And he goes, you know that, that fence line back here? And he kind of, he gave directions kind of like my wife. You know that fence line over there? I was like, yeah. He goes, we're going to pull that fence line up and uh, I need you to go pull up that corner post. He said, I, I want to take the whole thing out. I was like, Dad, that corner post is a cross tie about this big and it's down in the, in the, in the dirt about, about nine feet. He goes, I know. Why do you think I'm telling you to go do it? And I was like, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll go get the tractor. And he goes, son, honestly, I dig that thing up by hand. And I said, yeah, you would, but I wouldn't. And he said, uh, he said, well, you go ahead and go get that tractor, but don't be surprised if your faith gets tested today. And like any 18-year-old kid, I knew it all. I, I had this thing figured out. I didn't need no old man's help. So I kind of gave him the old, yes, sir. I roll and here we go. And so anyway, I, I went down and, and got the tractor. And I know that this doesn't happen to anybody else, but all four tires were flat. You ever tried to air up a tractor tire this big with an air compressor about this big? It takes a little while. Of course, if you're cowboy enough and you've been cowboying long enough, you know how to multitask. You sit there and wait for it. You're not going to go do something else. Never know what could happen. Things go wrong. So about nine and a half hours later, I get every tractor tire done, and I get in there, and battery was dead. I mean, I know that doesn't happen to anybody else. So, you know, I had to go get the jumper cables, and you hook them up. Y'all see where I'm going with this. I mean, by now, it's like 1.45, and I started at like 6.30 that morning. And so, you know, because a cowboy... A the mark of a true cowboy is he will spend nine days trying to figure out how to do a 10-minute job easier. It's in our blood. It's the way God made us. It's not a sin. Most of the world's inventions must have been handled by cowboys because they're the only ones that would take the time to figure that stuff out. And so anyway, we get over there, or I get over there, and I remember that I forgot the chain. So I turn the tractor back around, and I was like, man, this pulling up the cross ties. Easy work. <laughs> And broke a sweat all day, so I drive the tractor back to the house, get a chain. I go back and I hooked it onto the bucket and hook it around the, the bottom of the cross tie, and I go, and one of the hoses goes, crap. So I have to shut it off and everything. I was like, okay, I'm not going to get weirded out. That's the first thing that's gone wrong that day. You know you're a cowboy when that's the first thing that's gone wrong, and everything's gone wrong since 6.30. And so I was like, no, no problem. So I just turned the tractor around and put the three-point hitch on it. Now, those things don't have a lot of power going down, but they got some power coming up. So I hooked on and backed up there and hooked everything on and went, and it laughed at me. So I was like, okay, now I'm getting a little bit upset. I'm getting just a tad bit frustrated. I know that's hard to believe. Nobody else ever. Wives, does your husband ever get mad and throw stuff? No. I know y'all didn't. I'm the only one. And so anyway, I'm just going to just jerk it out of the ground now. Now, this was a Ford tractor. I'm sorry, Heisen Raiders. God, please forgive me. 
forgive me. It wasn't mine, though, so it was neighbors. And so, anyway, uh, I get this tractor, and those four tractors have a high and low right here, and it's about this big. And then it's got a one through six that's about this big that sits right here. You need to know that. Use seat belts. Use seat belts. Because I put that thing in like 20 second gear, hit that, or actually you pull it down, pulled that thing down to 42 million RPMs, put the clutch in, turned around like this, and let off, and we went, and when that chain hit, it slammed me right into that deal. The dog started barking at the house. I thought we had blown a gasket because there was a high-pitched squeal coming from somewhere. Did I mention that I don't really have any biological children of my own? That don't make me that I'm not a dad, though, don't So anyway, I get everything shut. Well, everything has shut down now. Everything has shut down. So I am mad, but I am not a giver-upper. And so what I do is, on the West Texas Ranch, we have this natural resource called mesquite. And sometimes, if you're feeling like it, you like to run mesquite over with the tractor just to throw stuff. And then you take the mesquite and you pile it around the wooden cross tie and you drive back to the house and you get five gallons of gas and you drive back to the cross tie and you take the cap off and you throw the gas can and everything on there and then you have to drive back to the house because you forgot the lighter. So you drive back to the house, get the lighter, and then you come back and you think, shoot, I should have got matches because this is a lot of gas. <laughs> How many of y'all cowboys have ever said, ah, it'll be all right? <laughs> Nagasaki, here we come. You ever seen those cartoons with Wally Coyote? It shook the ground for nine miles, caved in two oils, and here comes my father, out to the pasture. He done seen a nuclear explosion out there in the pasture, so here he comes, and he comes sliding up, and it looks like I have blonde-tipped my eyebrows. I was styling. I could see all these little fuzzy things on the end of my eyelashes. And he jumps out of the truck hollering and screaming, and I was like, what? He said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, to make a long story short, he was pretty good-natured about it. Dads can be like that sometimes. He's seen the busted hydraulic hose. He was wondering why I was talking like this still. It wasn't intentional. And he saw that I was all singed and everything, and I guess he took compassion on me. And then he said some words that I'll never forget. He came and he put his hand on me, and it still chokes me up to this day. He said, that's the wrong corner post.
Real men can cry. It's really not that hard. This week, we talk about people that say, I don't go to church anymore because I don't agree with what the preacher said. What happens when you don't agree with what the preacher says? Not going to church at all because of what one preacher said, isn't that a little bit like cutting off your face to spite your nose a little bit? I think that's how that saying goes. Three things to think about when you don't agree with what the preacher said. Number one, is the thing that you have the problem with what the preacher said, is it a matter of opinion? Now think about this for a second, because, um, well, let me tell you a story. I'm better at telling stories than I am preaching. Whenever I was the pastor of the Pecos County Cowboy Church in Fort Stockton, Texas, it was, we were, whenever I took over, we were meeting in an old car dealership. And when I say car dealership, it consisted of about, oh, I don't know, maybe a fourth of this size, maybe just like right here is as big as it was. And it was made out of Adobe. I mean, this was an old, like, when they, they sold like Model 1s, A's or something. I don't know. But this thing was in Fort Stockton, Texas. And if you've never been to Fort Stockton, Texas, just GPS hell and it's right before you get there. Okay, just type it into MapQuest and, and, and just go down there. When your tires start melting, you're getting close. It's hot. And so anyway, on the west end of this thing was nothing but plate glass windows. On the west side of this church was nothing but plate glass windows. It was so hot in there that we start, and there was no air conditioning. I mean, it's one thing to have that, but there was absolutely no air conditioning. We started serving beans before church just to get some airflow. I mean, it, it was just, it was that bad. Um, people thought we were a charismatic church because everyone kept falling down, but it was actually heat stroke. We had to hire some EMTs and stuff like that. Um, we passed out sunscreen like most people pass the offering plate, and this was inside. And then, um, you know, I, I thought that the, I thought that everybody was just drinking too much coffee because all the cowboys were getting up during the service and going to the bathroom, but they wasn't needing to pee, they were drinking out of the toilet. It was hot in this place. And so, I had finally had enough. I mean, this thing had about as much cultural relevance to the cowboy culture as Justin Bieber does, okay? I mean, it was just, it was just this showroom with some bales of hay thrown on the ground for a cowboy. I didn't like it at all. So I had finally had enough after the ninth death. I was getting tired of doing funerals. And so, but it works out real well when they die. You just have the funeral right there. And so uh, I had got sick of it. And so after church one day, after I got done preaching, I told them, I said, listen, I'm going to ask you all a question. Does anybody have a problem with us finding a more culturally relevant building where we can meet with air conditioning so it's not so that gum hot? Do not ever ask 45 people what they think about something. All serious aside, I had a church secretary, and her husband was one of my elders. He'd been an elder for about, oh, about five... No, I, it wasn't even a month. We hadn't even had a regular the first regular meeting yet. And this woman stood up in front of everybody and basically shot me in the head. She told me that she was not going to be a part of any T 
temporary church, and she got nasty after that. This was the same woman that two weeks before had told me that it didn't matter where I lived or what happened, it was going to be in her will that I would do her funeral whenever she died. People started thinking about that at our church a lot. They were scared of heat stroke. But she, and and I'm not joking, she had really said that. She said, I want you to do my funeral whenever I die. And yet, whenever all I said, we were just renting. That's it. We were renting and the lease was up. And I said, let's go find somewhere with air conditioning. She said, I'm not going to be a part of anything. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're, We're not a temporary church just because we find a place with air conditioning that's more culturally relevant. And she kept arguing back and back and back. And you know what? Some people are offended when you tell them to shut the heck up. I don't know why. But I had had enough. I had had enough. I got a phone call after she stormed out. I got a phone call about 10 minutes later from her husband that said, We're done! I'm like, well, so much for that. But let me, I mean, is, is that really a reason for leaving a church because you want to find air conditioning? Give me a break. That's what I'm saying. If you disagree with the pastor, the first thing that you have to ask yourself is, is this opinion? 95% of disagreements are not over doctrine. They're not over anything. They're a matter of opinion. And people think their opinions rank up here above yours. The first thing that you need to ask yourself if you disagree with your pastor, is this a matter of opinion? Is this going to matter when we stand in front of Jesus Christ and... There's not going to be any pearly gates, but you understand what I mean. In front of the pearly... My heaven has a, has a, has a gate that you gotta, you got to have a wire gap. Because <clears throat> I just won't feel comfortable anywhere else. But when we stand at that big wire gap gate in the sky, are we still going to be squabbling over this? Heck no, we ain't. And if it ain't worth squabbling up there, why are we going to squabble down here? There's nothing worse than Christians, and I don't care if it's a Christian and a pastor, or a Christian and a Christian, or a pastor and a pastor. There's nothing worse than Christians squabbling over each other, because I guarantee you've heard me say this before, that people have never come up and said, you know, I just found God when I taught these two Christian people just to squabbling and acting stupid. That's no way to spread the Word of God. Is it opinion? That, that's the first thing. How about this? Romans chapter 14. On to the second one. Is it a matter of opinion? In Romans chapter 14, about the first half of the chapter, and some may argue it might even be the whole chapter, is uh, Paul talks about a thing called a disputable matter. Let's read it. And and you know what? I, I usually read the NIV version, but our simplified cowboy version, uh, Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, it's already out on Kindle right now, and it should be ready. The printer's a little wishy-washy on when we're going to get them, but... Uh, I want you to listen to what Jake wrote here. Now, this isn't the Word of God. Follow along in your real Bibles. If you don't have one, we've got some. Romans 14, 13 through 18. That being said, let's quit judging each other. Make up your mind that you won't do anything to cause another believer to trip and fall in their walk with God. I know deep down in my guts as a Christian that there ain't any color of horse that's a sin to ride. But if another feller feels like it's wrong for him to ride a certain color of horse, then for him it is. If it freaks your Christian brother out because you're doing something, you, you ain't doing it in love towards him. Don't destroy your Christian brother that Jesus died for by doing something. This way you won't be condemned for doing something that you think is good. Because God's kingdom ain't about what the color of horse we ride 
or what we eat or drink. It's about living right, having peace, and being full of joy in the Holy Spirit. If you ride for Christ's brand like this, you'll please God and others will approve of you. It's going through disputable matters. You know what? Unfortunately, um, the Bible does not give every specific instance of what we should do in a certain situation. It doesn't say, well, you know what? Uh, you shouldn't wear Tony Llama boots. There, you won't find that in the Bible. Okay? You know, I mean, some of these organizations... Um, like, uh, well, I'm not going to say them out loud because I really don't know for a fact. You get these emails and stuff saying, don't go and buy stuff from this company because this company donates to this cause and that's wrong. You know what? I mean, nowhere in the Bible do I see it says that, you know, you need to drive 42 miles out of your way because you don't need to support a company that, that feeds family. You see what I'm saying. There's disputable matters. Not everything is everything to all people. I was talking to a cowboy preacher one time, and this always scares me. And if you're listening on the radio or you're listening on the Internet or something like that, um, and you've got a desire to be a cowboy preacher, um, you need to listen to what I'm about to say. There was a cowboy church that started up, and, and um, I was asked to give him a call and visit with him, so I called him up, and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he was talking to me, and I said, So what's your, what's your connection to the culture? Were you raised on a ranch? Are you a rodeo cowboy? Are you a bullfighter? What's the deal? And he goes, I lived on a farm when I was four. And I was like, and then what? And he goes, oh, we moved to the city. And I was like, so you're a cowboy preacher because you lived on a farm when you were four. He goes, well, my granddad still had it, and we went for visits every now and then. I said, well, Dad, gun, them cowboys going to flock to you. And I don't mean that ugly, but this is what I was thinking when he said this. We started talking. I was like, how are you going to reach cowboys? And he said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have some team ropings. And I said, well, that's a pretty good start. I guess that might work. And he said, the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to show these cowboys that a quarter horse is the sorriest horse in the world and that a Tennessee walker can outrope outride and outmaneuver any quarter horse out there, and I'm going to show these cowboys that they're wrong. And I said, boy, you're going to last a long time, fella. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Tennessee walkers. Jared loves them. <laughs> he loves them far away. That's what I meant, Jared. No, I ain't got nothing in the world wrong with a Tennessee walker. But you know what? There's no room for disputable matters. If he wants to team rope off a Tennessee walker, let him team rope off a Tennessee walker. If you want to rope off a quarter horse or a thoroughbred or a Morgan or, or a door getter, if you rope off an Appaloosa, you're fired. <laughs> you can even rope off a mule. I don't care. There you go, Scott and Stacy. Love y'all. But you know what? Sin for one person isn't always sin for another. Some people might be able to do something and it's not a sin to them, but another person might do the same thing. So you can never sit there and criticize and talk about sin with each other. Now, there are some big things and we understand that. But when we're talking about daily life, sin for one person isn't sin for another. Worship. Some people have become so accustomed to a specific worship style that they believe everything else is wrong. You know what? There's no wrong way to worship. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, for this is your true and spiritual act of worship. 
You really want to worship God? Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to Him every single day and live only for Him. All the rest of this stuff is just is, is activity. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just activity. One way of worshiping God isn't any better or worse than another way. Spirituality. People feel close to God in different ways. That doesn't make either person wrong. Some people really like the, the mega church stand up, sing the 7-Eleven songs where you, you say the same seven words 11,000 times. And I ain't got no, There's some great songs out there. I like two of them. And... Um, no, I do. I really do. And um, if there is nothing wrong with that. Holding your hands up, I ain't got a problem with that at all. But just because you don't do that doesn't make you a less Christian or less spiritual. I know some cowboys that can worship God just like this. Yep, I understand God. There ain't going to be a smile on their face. Nothing. But that doesn't mean that they're not spiritual. There are disputable matters and we shouldn't let opinions or disputable matters get in the way of our gathering the lost for Jesus Christ. And the last thing, what happens if the preacher really does say something that goes against God's Word? I'm going to read you a few verses right now. Don't, I, I, we don't have time to turn to them all. I just want you to listen. It's six verses, and I'm going to read them pretty quick, and I want you to tell me what the theme of these are. Most of them are out of the Old Testament. All but one is. Exodus 21, 2. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he has to serve you for six years, but in the seventh year he shall go free without paying anything. Nehemiah three thirty. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Berechah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Exodus fifteen twenty one. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. 2 Kings nine twenty seven. They wounded him in his chariot on the way up to Gur near Iblium, but he escaped to Megiddo and died there. Nearly done. Ezra 6, 9. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, must be given to them daily without fail. And the last one, 2 Peter 2, 4-6. through 6. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. And then it goes on to verse 7. What do those six verses have in common? It's pretty tough. It's not a test. Let me explain it to you. If you buy a living quarter horse chariot on the way up to Jerusalem, it must be given to a preacher. Folks, you believe it or not, man, as funny as that is, if, if a pastor is doing that kind of stuff, run like hell! This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control. In a nation full of mega churches and celebrity preachers, there's one thing that remains pure, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not that churches shouldn't be big and preachers shouldn't be popular, but for sure cowboys are needed to spread the gospel and gather the strays. They have the courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and the truth. When you put those together, that's Christ. Help us reach more cowboys and cowgirls who will spread Christ to the nation. Make your donation today at SaveTheCowboy.com.